Welcome to Solomon's Knot, finding truth and wisdom in an information age. Today's guest is Jacob Dozier, a student evangelist with a heart to share the gospel with this generation. In this episode, we will unpack issues relating to identity, journey, and communicating the simple gospel message. If you've been listening for some time and haven't wrote a review, please take a few minutes to do so after the show. To say thank you, we'll be sending each reviewer a special gift from the ministry to show our appreciation. Now, without delay, let's get to the show. So what's up, Jacob? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I appreciate you uh, having me on. How are you? Doing really good. Um, so you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Normally we engage students at NC State, but this was a special treat because you are currently a seminarian and you're going to a college that I actually attended when I was going through my education. So uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and as well as please share with us your journey and what you want to communicate to people who are maybe in that struggle or people that are kind of a little bit along the path and just need some encouragement. What do you have to say? Yeah, man. Um, well, I guess I'll start with a little bit about who I am. I am um, 22. I'm originally born and raised in Marietta, Georgia, which is just north out of Atlanta. Um, I was saved as a senior in high school on a missions trip. And ever since then, I have felt a call to the full-time ministry. And so God had led me to North Carolina. Um, moved here when I was 18. I've been here for coming up to like four years and it's just been a blessing connected with man of church, as you know, and I go to the university as well. I'm getting my bachelor's in divinity. Yeah, man. To be honest, you talked about identity and the journey. I'm still today discovering what all that looks like. And mm. it's crazy to see how God just starts to um, unpack everything from the moment that your eyes are open and when you're your heart is saved to to the place that we are now. And it's like, I had so many different thoughts and dreams and things that I thought that, you know, were going to happen and are going to happen. And consistently God's like, nope. And then he shows me a better way. And yeah, he's just so faithful about that. But I think that the big thing that's been on my heart recently that I just appreciate you giving me the platform to, to share is just the gospel. I mean, just straight up like, and it's interesting because I think that when people think of the gospel, sometimes it's, and it's crazy to say this, but it sometimes gets a little undervalued. The, the reason why I've even come to this conclusion is because it was conviction in my own life when I was in devotion and, and with God, I felt like he was talking to me about this. But sometimes I use the gospel as an accessory and not the big picture, um, like step one of step 50 instead of it just being the step forward. I think that when you look at the gospel and you understand that, yes, it is the eternal salvation of your life, right? Which is, first of all, more than we could ever ask for. Incredible. It's so powerful what Jesus did on the cross, but it's also more than just getting into heaven. It's it's having this now intimate relationship with the Father that we did not have access to before. Um, mm. Heaven is an amazing place. Don't undervalue it. And Obviously, I'm excited to go home one day because heaven is home. Yeah, but um, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like the biggest reason I'm going to heaven is because that's where God is. Hmm. After this life, right now, God is with me. And hmm. when my life is over here, the next destination is just going to go be with him in heaven. If God was in a different location, that's where I would be, right? You are internally connected with the Father. You are in opportunity to have this relationship with Him and to to get to know Him and to also find out 
by getting to know him who you are, which is a really powerful thing. And, you know, you mentioned identity earlier and how I've been d- deep diving in that as a man and, you know, reading like John Elridge's book, Wild at Heart, Fathered by God, Sacred mm-hmm. Romance, stuff like that. And diving into what the masculine soul looks like, who mm-hmm. am I, who's God say I am, and like, more importantly, uh, how can I determine who that is by knowing who he is? So that's so big when you think about how much struggles you know, I'm talking to students here, but particularly people have with um, their own identity, their own purpose and plans. Uh, we know that suicides have like historically gone up, you know, or trending mm-hmm. up, whether we're yeah. talking about college campuses and the military and all these different places. It seems like what is my ultimate purpose and identity wrapped in? Is it myself or is it external to myself? Is it because I was created? Yeah. And I think that even tag on to that, I think sometimes we are, and going back to the gospel being an accessory, it's like we we continue to search for these answers about ourselves and what we need to do and who we're supposed to be in mm-hmm. these man-made sources and like these different things like for example i brought up to you it's like the enneagram and myers-briggs mm-hmm. and these personality tests these things i think were designed for good like they were supposed to be a tool to help you be a little bit more self-aware mm-hmm. but oftentimes i found in my own life and i'm sure i'm not the only one that i use these things as almost like an identity this is who i am mm-hmm. and how dangerous is that um yeah. it's it's substituting what the gospel says for um, like a different man-made gospel, you know? And it's like, it's littered through scripture. You read it and Jesus speaks about like, what does the gospel mean? Like, what does it look like? You know, some of the cool things that we see from the gospel, right? Is that- Can you explain to people like, what is the gospel? Because there's, if you read in the gospel accounts, the witness accounts, whether we're talking about the book according to Mark or- Uh, Luke or John or Matthew, you see the kingdom of God, you see the good news, you see wisdom, you see these concepts. Like, can you explain what that term gospel means so that people are confused here? Yeah. um, Literally, when you translate gospel, it means good news, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are different ways that you can see it be expressed and like understand it through scripture. You're right. It talks about the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. um, talks about different things, different in different places. But I mean, the best way to look at it is the gospel is the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It is the mm-hmm. life that he came to live, which by the way, you deep dive in that. That's even crazy to believe mm-hmm. that Jesus will come down and, and live this life and die mm-hmm. for us. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is power for us. It's the power of God for salvation to those mm-hmm. who believe. Before what Jesus did and before the gospel came to be, like salvation that we see today did not exist. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that Jesus fulfilled the law, if you read in the scriptures. It's because we could not do it. Mm-hmm. The people uh, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, they could not fulfill the law to perfection. Jesus could. And he did that for us so that we can now be in relationship with and the Father. And when you say fulfill the law, the law, whether we're talking about the Ten Commandments or just righteousness, like... Yes, and... And also, like, some of it was legit things that were necessary to do. Like, we look at it and it's like, yeah, there's the Ten Commandments, which is huge, right? Which even if you take the Ten Commandments, most people are going to fail the Ten Commandments. <laughs> right. And one way you 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 look at somewhere in the Ten Commandments, like, yeah, I've done that once in my life. At the end of the day, mm. it's like, there, mm. boom, you're done. And mm. I think that one of the best ways to know how powerful the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is to know how deadly and dangerous sin is. And when we come to to understand that all sin makes us fall short to the glory of God, mm-hmm. then we can fully understand the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. 
These are, these are really, man, when we talk about these concepts of sin, meaning missing the mark, there has to be a consequence if we are created and there is a supreme authoritative creator, a judge, someone who is external to our creation in our heart, we are disobeying a law imposed on us from a higher authority, not our own law, not man's laws. We're talking about a heart level condition. So Jesus affirming his divinity with God, he can live out purely underneath his own command and authority. And by that, by interceding for us, this this is, you know, going into the gospel, like you're a divinity student, you have struggles just like every other normal 22 year old you know oh yeah absolutely right this is where i'm going to challenge you as a christian what makes you set apart when i look at you compared to someone who doesn't believe in the message of the gospel and follow jesus what is the difference ultimately yeah um well first uh thank you for the loaded question i'm here for man so i'm here for yeah Um, with questions like better or you know how are you good or things like that they're it almost feels like there's an invisible level of measurement that you have to be on. Mm. Um, do I think I'm better than people? No. And one of the reasons why I know I'm not better than people is because of the gospel. The truth is when you stand before Christ and his power and his majesty and who he is and what he's done and what he's doing and what he will do, you really get to see how sinful you are. Mm. And I don't think I'm necessarily better. I think that now I'm just secure in my salvation. I know that the truth is my debt has been paid for. And that doesn't make me necessarily better than people, but it makes me blessed. I think that like, you also have to keep in mind that this is a message for everybody. This is not just a message for divinity. Mm. Like just because I'm in getting my bachelor's divinity doesn't mean now that I can have salvation in Christ. And this is for everybody. Jesus, when he came, his ministry started in the streets. Like, think about that. Like he was going from street to street, house to house, road to road. Anybody that was there, he was proclaiming the kingdom of God, proclaiming the good news. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was cleansing the leopards. He was casting out demons, right? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I wouldn't say that I'm better than anybody, Hmm. um, but I also wouldn't undervalue myself. I won't say I'm less than anybody either. Uh, Because the word says you are children of God. You are one with the father. Like you get to be Crafted in to God's mm-hmm. royal family. That means that the blessing, you know, the eternal promise is given. And that's right. the thing is that message, that invitation, we're not just mm-hmm. soliciting, we're inviting Absolutely. by the authority of our king. A lot of people don't understand, like if you read through history, if we grew up during a feudalistic time where we had kings and we had princes and we had all these different principalities and authorities that people back in the day, that there was a sense of sovereignty, like the king in his realm can touch every single land and every single inhabitant by his own power, right? Because he had an army behind him. If he was a good king, he would actually command the the love of the people. There was this sense of authority, but that gets lost today because we want to essentially be our own kings and our own gods. We want to be able to dictate and determine the, the boundaries of our own life and create without having an external authority that tells us what to do at a heart level. Yeah, no, you're and, and you're right. You know, you said it really well there. It's like, we want to be our own kings. It's like, I think that's been the human problem forever. I mean, that's what the fall was about. The mm. fall was about trying to be your own king, right? Be your own lord. And mm. you look away and you see what the, one of the most powerful things that you understand about the gospel is it's not about you. And mm. I think that obviously, is it helping you? Is it benefiting you? Are you being restored? Yes, absolutely. And that's awesome. That's gracious. That's loving. That's merciful. But the gospel is for mm. everyone and it's for the glory of God. 
that we can be restored in relationship with him. And I don't want anybody to have the misconception to think that the gospel is only for the rich or mm. only for the wealthy or only for the people that are educated or only for, like Paul said this in first Corinthians two. Possible. Yeah. The apostle Paul, he said this, he said that it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hmm. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I mean, how powerful is that? We understand this is more than just intellectual. This is spiritual. There's some internal things that are going on in every single person when yeah. they hear the gospel. Here's a neat tool that someone taught me. When we think gospel, sometimes we think, okay, Jesus, right? We think New Testament teachings of Paul, but we forget that the rest of the Old Testament established the gospel at its foundational level. Here's something that this is an acrostic for gospel. Uh, God created us to be with him. Genesis 1 through 2. Our sin right. separates us from God. Genesis 3, like that's the fall. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. That's Genesis 4 through Malachi 4. Look at all the judges, look at the Proverbs, look at prophets. Everybody is basically the cleansing of the temple and the people, uh, all the different aspects there, atonement and all that. Paying the price right. for sin. So this is P, paying the price for sin. Jesus died and rose again. That's Matthew through Luke. Those are what we call the synoptics, you'll typically, if you've been studying this, you'll hear the synoptic gospels, different mm -hmm. perspectives or, or witness accounts or testimony of people who are witnesses in relatively close proximity to the time and location of these events. That's a whole other discussion. We can break out New Testament liability and all the other things there. But I mean, essentially multiple corroborating witness accounts of the life, death, ministry, resurrection, and subsequent encounters of Jesus Christ and how he still intercedes for us. Right. So that's not the end of the story. Guess what? E. Everyone who trusts in him has eternal life. This is the good news behind the good right. news. Like this is the great news, I should say. That's good. the gospel yeah. of John. The word being made flesh and dwelling right. among us in the grafting in, you know, see the vine and the fig tree, right? You see the invitation of Christ and bringing people to him, proclaiming goodness for generation to generation. Okay, so then L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And that's Acts mm -hmm. Revelation. So what are we supposed to do with that invitation and that message? Are we supposed to hold it and bury it in the field? Absolutely and... not. No. That's that's the thing is, well, I'm good. I need to take care of myself. If the world's going to end and the plane's going down, I got to put my own mask on, right? Can't always worry about my neighbor. No. And I think you bring up a good point. It's like we get up to this point and this is a trap that people fall into. It's like, all right, I'm good. Now I can go on about my life, you know? Waiting I'll do a good thing. Here, right? Yeah. I'll do a good thing here or there, you know, different things. But like the gospel in itself, the good news saying that you have become a child of God, that you are engraft into the into the book of life right that you are in god's kingdom now and you're you're operating through that there's legit spiritual transformation that is expressed you look in mark jesus before he ascended up to heaven again saying that he will be back one day which is a fact jesus will be back and when he comes back this time he's going to come back in judgment when he said that he told people to go into the world and preach the gospel but he also said that there will be signs that accompany his believers I want to take a few minutes to discuss a recent partnership for Campus.org has made with a related organization. 
A few months ago, I interviewed Nick Snap of MiraclesAndAtheist.com. Since that episode's release, we've launched a community platform where biblical truth is presented and defended in light of diverse worldviews. Many of the topics we explore on deeper levels directly relate to issues faced on college campuses today. For more information, you can visit MiraclesAndAtheist.com or subscribe to MNA's channels via Facebook or YouTube. You can also view the show notes in the links below. Now, let's get back to the show. How important is reconciliation when we consider the person of Jesus and his message, as well as our own identity and maybe even our own trajectory uh, into eternity? Yeah. Uh, so how important it is? Yeah. Recon- um, when we talk about reconciliation, what, what was the basis of that? And how does that tie in potentially all of creation, Old New Testament teaching? in our own purpose as far as we're still existing on this earth. I would say that reconciliation as a whole is pretty much the message from the beginning of time. Mm. I mean, you brought it back. You said Adam and Eve, right? And it's like Mm. the fall. fall. And then reconciliation is just, we fell and we need to be restored. And Jesus was the restorer, Mm. right? He restored us back into relationship. And he calls us not only to a deeper, more intimate relationship with him, but now we have the opportunity to share that with everybody else. Mm. Um, And it is an opportunity. When you really start to discover how powerful the love of God is for your life, and you see how much of a sinner you are, Mm. it makes it so much easier to be passionate about sharing it with others. And I think that reconciliation is what it's about. It's the whole picture. Jesus, what he did and the way he did it didn't have to be like that. In Philippians, it talks about he came into human flesh, humbled himself as a servant, died an embarrassing death on the cross, a painful death on the cross Mm. for our sins after Mm. living a perfect life. And you're just sitting there and you're like, why? He didn't have to do that. And guess what? You're right. He would have been just to stay in heaven and watch us all perish. But that mm. is not, that's not who God is. God is love. God loves us. He wants us to be in that relationship. He wants us to be reconciled with him, the father and the Holy spirit. Yeah. It, it's just the message. I think that one of the signs when it talks about, you know, you lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In Matthew 10, it also talks about it when Jesus gave them the power to go and to do these miracles and to share the gospel. And he said, go heal the sick, go raise the dead, go cleanse the lepers, go cast out demons in my name and proclaim the kingdom of God, right? What, what happens when you heal somebody? They're literally physically being restored. Mm-hmm. That miracle that you see on the outside is just an expression of what God has done to you on the mm-hmm. inside. And what happens with your soul is always going to be more important. This is way more important than saying like a leg injury or like leprosy or whatever the case may be. It's like, yes, that stuff sucks. And I am a big proponent laying hands and praying healing over people because Mm -hmm. that's what we've been asked to do. Hey, by the way, that never works, right? You never actually heal anyone doing that. I I mean, I can speak from my own experience. I mean, that, and that's just more of a testament to like, you know, the growing in my faith, but God has given me opportunities to lay hands on people and watch them before my eyes i've seen it i have seen close friends of mine you know we've had weird bruising unexplained kind of injuries and we've laid hands on them and by here's the thing is if i lay hands on the power of myself or science and medicine and what this doctor because this is how silly this can be we take people to all these different physicians and experts and what are they using they're using best practice but what happens when Mm -hmm. best practice fails what happens when all the money and all the, the medicine and all the research can't address this issue well we rely on faith that's what's so silly what we do instead is we just proclaim in jesus name healing and here's the cool part if the miracle doesn't come we still know god's great but if it does 
It's not like now we believe. No, we believe and we trust by faith that the outcome is a blessing, but we don't lose faith because a need isn't met. We know that the outcome ultimately is for our good and his glory. Right. And I think that is true. And, you know, something yeah. that one of my friends told me that is really good is that God is a healer, regardless if you're healed mm. or not, right? He's, and the reason why he is is because he says he is, right? Yeah. And God is without deceit. And so I think that at the end of mm. the day, God has called us according to his will to go heal the sick and to raise the dead and cleanse the leopards and to cast out demons, right? And honestly, like, I would love to come in and talk about spiritual warfare and stuff like that because that, that is also we will. something. We do a special on that. that. Yeah, I definitely, that's, but, that's needed. Yeah. Yeah, but in my own experience, when I was in the streets of Atlanta, and I was with some friends, and we were going around, and this is what I was very young mm -hmm. um, in my faith, but honestly, like, passionate, just straight up what the gospel mm -hmm. said, mm -hmm. I had that zeal, and I was just like, I'm going to go in the streets, I'm going to start proclaiming mm -hmm. the gospel to people, and yeah. I'm going to go up and, and offer prayer and healing and stuff like that. And I watched a gentleman's leg. And so the best way I can explain it is like, if you put your hands out all the way, just imagine that the left hand that you throw out all the way is like bent in and that's as far as it goes. Mm -hmm. So his leg was like pushed in and it just didn't come out. Like he would like pull up his leg and it wouldn't go farther than that. Mm -hmm. And I watched as me and my friends were praying and I laid hand on his leg, I prayed for it to come out mm -hmm. and I saw it before my eyes start to extend. And I, I mean, one this isn't a charlatan act here. This isn't sorcery. Like this is what I, no. I can't stand. Like there are genuine, authentic reports of people witnessing these things, but then you have people that go and do this stuff to, or to make money and to mm -hmm. like create a sensation. Were, you, yeah, were and... you doing this using some kind of strategy or system you watched in like some evangelism hype conference or something, or is this a genuine spirit filled encounter that witness um, testimony this, can, yeah. This was a genuine spirit filled encounter i mean and it's i will say and i agree with this i think that even if you go back to the verse in matthew 10 also something jesus said to the disciples before he sent them out to go do these things what i've freely given you you should freely give right don't mm. go for money don't go for these things i mean that's clear red flag number one when you see these ministries that do it for the money right and you know it mm. right away and we didn't go for the money we were definitely very much passionate and, and we had a lot of zeal to just proclaim the gospel, both in power and truth. I yeah. think that That's some good. people need to realize it's not just the word, but the demonstration of the spirit. Yeah, and I read like that verse earlier. For, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I read that verse earlier. That's what Paul was saying. So I came yeah. to you with the power of God, not with yeah. the persuasive word of man. And so like, I could have just gone up to these gentlemen and been like, you know, this is what the word says and, and said very charismatic and could have been very persuasive, could have done a bunch of different things and then left. But it's like, no, I want to demonstrate more powerfully what the gospel looks like and the mm. best way to examine this and in, in a healthy honest way is to read through acts because acts mm. is when the mm. holy spirit lays on the disciples and the church begins yeah. you get to see them go out and yeah. and show that the gospel is being proclaimed both with the words that they were saying yeah. and also the miracles that were happening around them which is what jesus said would happen so we yeah. shouldn't be afraid of miracles we shouldn't be afraid of operating in the spiritual things that god has given us the holy spirit that lives in all of us we shouldn't be afraid of that because of people misusing that but we should also be prudent to understand the difference between these tv evangelists and uh jesus and the disciples were doing in scripture i think it's very important to know the difference yeah but yes there wasn't sorcery i wasn't you know telling him hey just bend your knee back far enough and then when people start to mm -hmm. surround like then just pop it out when i yeah. start praying like it wasn't any of that it's like straight up 
I watched his man leg grow. He stood up. Well, first of all, he was crazy joyful, but he also was like kind of freaking out because he this didn't is, understand. This is the difference between, and this is what we see in the gospel. Yeah. If just getting the guy good health care was enough, then how many people going to physicians every day, getting mental health counseling or taking medication, pursuing some Eastern mysticism, whatever it is to cleanse yourself, why does that never satisfy? And yet what we see is that when a healing is done, coupled with impartation of God's word and the power behind it, now the guy not only walks, but his walk talks. He is yeah. now telling a story with a healing to confirm that. It's not like, if we love this guy, let's go get him into a hospital and a treatment program. Well, now we can talk about how people were good to him. And that's good. We should do that. We should do good works. But if we're not sharing that along with the mercy and goodness and the divinity of God and what that means for us, we're not telling the story of the gospel. We're just doing a good act. And I think that there's a balance there, right? Like if you're just going in there and praying for the guy so you can feel better for yourself, if you're just doing evangelism for the sake of evangelizing, you're just soliciting. But if you're going in there and at a heart level, you're loving that person into a relationship with the Lord, that's the difference. That's what we should be doing. And that's why I think you see in the gospels or in Acts, the disciples go out there and basically try to cast out a demon and they either get beaten up or, you know, they're like, Hey, we did this before, but it's not working anymore. And Jesus is like, you're missing the point. The point is not for you to do an act. The point is to be dependent upon me right. and to love people into a relationship with me. It's we, we become the vessel that God chooses to work with, not the right. the source of salvation. But I want to, any closing comments on that? Because I wanted to read something and then we'll, we'll kind of close it out. Yeah, um, just to, to mm -hmm. add on, talk about the, the four gospels, right? And even acts as well. Yeah. But when you really deep dive into it and you see the way that things were happening, Jesus would heal somebody and then they would go proclaim the message. Mm -hmm. And it's like the disciples, just like many of us, were struggling to understand what the heck was going on mm. um they would come to one conclusion and then find that the conclusion is completely incorrect when jesus would tell them like you guys are missing the point mm. and i think ultimately doctors and these different things medicine stuff they're not bad but i think that we need to be careful to in anything in life to rely on something else before mm. the lord it should be go to god first yeah. and then these other things right that's a good word and mm. not Go to these things and then go mm. to God for your last resort, right? God shouldn't be the last resort. He should be the, the full picture. Yeah. And so I think ultimately God has given us the ability to heal, to proclaim the gospel, and to also inspire and strengthen faith in other believers. I think that is a big key. And, and you go into 1 Corinthians 12 about the spiritual gifts and stuff like that. You can see the edification of the church. And so, yeah, I'll that's, leave it at that. That's really good. And um, I was going to read out the scripture, but I'll just say for the, for the people listening, please, please get a chance. Uh, next time you're in the word, read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just read the whole chapter, but particularly 11 through 21 on the ministry of reconciliation. I think Paul definitely lays out very clearly yeah. uh, what that looks like and what the difference between those who are just sharing about the good news versus living it out. So definitely take a look at that when you get a chance, but um, we're going to, we're going to kind of wrap things up here. Definitely not going to be the first time we're going to hear from Jacob. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in you. And I could tell that you're definitely on a journey and trajectory towards more increase in the kingdom, brother. So I want to encourage you and fan the flame in your faith, but uh, two questions, and then we'll kind of let you just close out with resources and things. But the first question is, what do you say to the student who is not really on that journey or maybe considering what can I do mm -hmm. 
to have confidence and assurance that this God or this person, Jesus, is the, the way to understanding or the way to purpose and identity or my journey in the world and, and what that all means. What do you say to that student? I say a lot. Um, I'm going to answer your question, but to clarify, I think that the best way to usually answer these questions is to actually have those one-on-one mm. conversations because the truth is everybody has their unique case and everybody's going through their unique stuff. But to answer your question in general, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, best way that you want to get to know who God is, is by reading his word. Yeah. God has said, if you really want to get to know him, he has said that he is the word. And so the gospels is a great place to start. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, getting to know him through that. And to the people that are hesitant and stuff like that, scripture says that it was by grace through saving faith that we are have been given the gift of salvation, right, by God. And so the truth is, whether you believe one thing or another thing, when it comes to what both Jason and I believe and other believers, um, we have put our faith in Jesus. We have put our faith in his word and what the scripture says. And that's where we put our belief. And we believe because of that, we have salvation. Um, so I would say, question where your belief is. What is your belief in? And see, is this something that is worthy of being believed? And if that's the case, it's not true, then try Jesus. I would read the scripture. I would see like, is this a person that I want to have an eternal relationship with? Is this a person that I want to live for, for the rest of my life? And I think that for me and for many, that is the conclusion you come to. It's like, yes, Jesus is, is the way he's the one that I want to be with. Yeah. You know, I want to have this relationship with him forever. And so don't think that you have to do it alone. Mm. Mm. Um, this is something that I would encourage you to discover with mm. others. I did not come to salvation by myself. I came to salvation around people that were in the same boat that I was in, experiencing the same thing that was going on in my personal life. And I was also witnessing in their lives. I got saved on a mission trip in Peru. I wasn't a believer at the time. I'll be honest. Most of that class that I was there with probably weren't believers either. We went there, but we were seeing the gospel being lived out. We were seeing literal miracles we're seeing lives being yeah. changed forever yeah. when you witness that stuff it's impossible to deny That's it so, so the question that comes less about it's unbelief this is something yeah. i can believe and it's just like why am i not believing it it's like what is holding oh, me back gosh you know? this is so good here you are in a group of self-prescribed christians on a mission trip from your church and the, right the way that the language you use i don't think most of us were actual believers there was an event an encounter you had mm -hmm. crossed over i'm using language right here that you know is synonymous with other different experiences people have from different faiths and stuff but the point is is that you had some kind of and just stop me if i'm wrong here but you had some kind of encounter or revelation of a supernatural act in mm -hmm. this particular case through the power of this person jesus christ of this man, this God man right, that right. was personal to you and also to other people. So it was corporate. It's no longer just my subjective experience. Does that sum it up? Yeah, it does. It's exactly right. We were all self-proclaimed Christians. And I think this is very important. People think that you're culturally Christian, but your culture mm -hmm. doesn't start until you actually, you know, are saved, right? I'll try to better explain it. It's like me and a lot of people around me, and I can only speak on this because I've had the conversations with them before and after, and we have come into agreement. It's like, yeah, 
this is different. Before we were we were part of the, the you know the Bible Belt, the South. Everybody's a Christian because that's the culture we live around. Like do these good things, follow these rules, da da da, because this is what the Christian culture is here. When you realize it's like I was a subject to my culture, which was based off Christianity, but I wasn't really a believer. Then when you exit out of that, now I can really begin to grow into live in the kingdom of God and discover what that yeah. looks like. If you listening to this podcast, whoever you are, right? If you hear this and you have been convicted, you have felt loved in a way for the first time that you've never felt loved before, you feel this joy that you never knew. Uh, let me say this. Jesus makes it very clear, right? God loved the world so much that he sent his only son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting mm -hmm. life. Something that was very important, it's distinctive that I need to make is when we were on that trip, when I, that moment I gave my life to Christ, I was in repentance. Mm -hmm. Repentance is such a important fruit. It's so key to your salvation. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is come to the understanding that the way that you're living isn't right, that you are sinful, that you need a savior and you see Jesus and you know that he is good and that he loves you, genuinely loves you in a way that no one has ever loved you before. You come to the idea that I don't want to live like this anymore. I repent from it. I turn away from it. I am now turning to live like you, Jesus, for you, Jesus, with you, Jesus, right? Accepting the invitation of forgiveness of the gospel and now for the rest of your life following Jesus in the continuance of that. That's really so, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the second question I was going to say, you, you pretty much summed it up in that last one, but what do you say, what do you say to the person that says, you know, because I'm, I'm using a couple of different examples here, what you're going to experience in the mission field, as well as the people listening to this podcast are like, you know, man, like been listening for a little bit, or you reached me on a college campus, or I heard a friend gave this to me over the holiday break. And I've been listening to the podcast and liking some of the conversation, but what's in it, you know, for me, like, why should I follow? Or matter of fact, let, let's, let's reframe it like this. Still not convinced. I've heard it. I've read it. I've grew up with it. Mm -hmm. Went to church growing up most of my life. I prayed, I read the Bible but lost a relative or I just, I've never had that personal encounter. Like I don't see the reason to follow. Why am I not good enough the way I am? What about all this pain and suffering in the world? What do you say to the person? I'm not talking about just the skeptic. I'm talking about the person that's, why do I need to be saved? Why am I just not good the way that I am? And you know what? That's a very valid human response. Mm -hmm. I think that we, we, we overlook in the church all the time. We, we literally can judge the same people that we're supposed to have compassion for. Can you just Dude, right. can you just tell me what you want to say to that person? Well, first of all, I think that this is where we see the difference between somebody that's trying to Bible thump you and somebody that genuinely cares about you and does have that compassion for you, right? As much as I'm passionate about the word of God and I love God, right? And I want to share that with everyone. At the same point, I'm not going to force you into anything, but I will continue to live the way I believe is true. And I will continue to, to share that with those that want to listen. And I think to the people that say I'm good the way I am, understand that from me and probably from most people, not, not everyone, because there are some people that, that got it wrong, but I will speak for myself just with this subject. I haven't had a great life. Um, I think that to claim that life is perfect is very dangerous regardless if you're a believer or not, because I think there's a little bit of like, the ignorance is very, is too bliss in that situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can turn on the news right now and immediately see my idea of perfection be removed. You can look anywhere and see that there's 
things going wrong that most people, even without biblical morality, could see and be like, yeah, that's wrong. Away from just seeing it, there's a lot of people that have experienced it. Even before I was saved, there was no way I could really say like, yeah, I am perfect the way I am. I don't believe that I'm perfect the way I am. This stuff sucks. This stuff is hard. And I don't want to live on my own thinking that I got it all right. I think that's just a really dangerous. It also like closes off people being able to come and, and love on you and help you and you doing the same for others. And so in my testimony and a lot of other believers' testimonies, you can see the imperfections of life. We call it sin because that's what it is. If you don't associate with that word, just just evil, right? You can see the evil of the world. We we turn to saviors, like you said earlier, in, in our idols, whether it's the government, um, whether it's in the political scene, whatever the case may be, we, we turn the musicians, stuff like that. It's like, we turn to these idols to fix these problems. Technology, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. You're right. Technology, right? We we're always looking for something to quote unquote fix something. But the truth is the only person that in my life that I've experienced that I've seen in other people's lives that I've experienced that has truly eternally saved somebody is Jesus. Man, there's just so much more we could dive into. Yeah. I know there's people listening to this that are going to, I really pray are going to be touched by this message. Just real practically, if someone is just like, look, all right, I'll give it a shot. What do I do? Do I find a church? Do I just open the Bible? What do you think is the first thing they should do? If you want to give it a shot, let me, I will, I'll speak from my own personal experience. This is just part of my testimony. When I was 16, I was about to commit suicide. Mm. And in my last ditch effort, I, I cried out to God and I personally received an answer. Mm. And so in that answer, I said to myself, you know what, God, and at the time I was in high school, but I was like, I'm going to join the youth group. I'm going to get a Bible. I'm going to start reading it a little bit and I'm going to see what you're about. Because if I don't find anything, then that's it. I don't want to live anymore. I literally was at the point where I was ready to, and you die. said you were, you said you received an answer. What did, what did that feel like? Or what did um, that, yeah. Well, it was very powerful. I was obviously crying pretty, like a very ugly cry, but like I received a feeling of, of love and warmth. Mm. And the words that I personally heard were, don't do this. You are loved um, mm. more than you ever know. Mm. Um, and there are people around you that love you. There are people you haven't met that will love you, right? And so that's what I heard. That is consistent with scripture. That's not like, hey, I want you to live so that you can go build this where you're making yourself mm -hmm. the center of your salvation. Or Obviously some at the time I wasn't a, I wasn't a theologian. I knew some verses. Um, I knew some of the principles, right? Because I grew up in the Bible belt, but I wasn't serious about it. But at that moment I was like, you know what? I want to be serious about it. Mm. So I quit the one thing that I loved the most of the time, which was football. And I heavily joined the, the youth group and I would make my youth leaders uncomfortable with the questions mm. I would ask. I would straight up ask questions that um, dove deep into the soul of mm. things, right? I've always been kind of a person who hates small mm. talk. I really want to dive into the weeds because I think that's where real solutions come. I think that's where real healing yeah. comes. And so it wasn't different when I wasn't saved. I literally was like asking questions about these taboo topics and like, and I love looking back and seeing the reactions of my leaders, but I also appreciated them after the initial shock, they would pause, take a moment, and then they would actually answer my mm -hmm. questions. They didn't have to. They also could have avoided the situation, but they didn't. They really tried to deep dive in me. And I, I will say, 
And wherever situation you are, there's there's probably some sort of ministry that's going on around you where there are people that are a little farther in their faith that you can ask questions to. Truly, I say to you, like if they don't have an answer, they'll yeah, find this one. is this is something that I think is a big disconnect for a lot of people. Some people say, Well, I don't have any friends that think that way, or I don't know. Like I'd say that's not often what I hear. What I hear, whether it's a college student, whether it is People I just meet on the street, often mm-hmm. there is a relative, there is a sweet mate in their dorm, a friend from high school growing up. I've even heard some where, you know, people fell away or they stopped going to church and believing all together because a friend committed suicide or somebody had died right. from an illness. We're not Absolutely. saying that that's not mm-hmm. valid and that you need to dismiss that because God is so loving. Well, we're saying there is a purpose behind everything that happens and whether or not we will ever know which that's not what the word says. One day we will know. The word says that all things are revealed and that we will have oneness with the father. That means that we will know and understand his love. And God knows all things that he is the source of truth and wisdom. If we are one with him, Mm -hmm. he will reveal those things to us according to his will and his purpose. So there is someone in your life. And if you don't have those, if there is not one single person in your life that is sharing that message and living it out as best as they can, reach out through the ministry, if you want to talk to Jacob, I'm sure we can provide your information to people that are genuinely curious. On that note, you know, as we're kind of closing comments, any resources you could provide to students, uh, words of wisdom, scripture, prayer, even just an open yeah. arm or an open hand and an ear, like what, what do you want to say to those, those people listening? First of all, I appreciate you having me. Um, I've never done something like this before. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I wasn't fully sure what God wanted me to talk about. I just knew that there was the gospel and identity and the struggles was of just being a a young adult right now is something that was definitely passionate on my heart and so having an opportunity to to express on the platform is really cool i would say some resources i I go back the bible i mean it it really the bible is so important to really understand god's word where can someone get access to that what do you recommend college students probably not going to go to barnes and noble and you know have money to buy all this stuff but like what can you do first? Like, I was going to say, I would recommend getting a paper Bible, which you probably can find. I mean, if you can find something unhealthy by your willpower, you can probably find the Bible with your willpower. <laughs> yeah. But I would say that like, you also have the Bible app. Very important. You can check that out. But let me give you some, some practical resources. There are obviously great books by, by people out mm-hmm. there. I will speak directly for to the men at this point um, because this is something that God has recently brought me through. Um, I spoke about him earlier, John Elridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've spoken about him on, on podcast before. He has a book called Wild at Heart. Um, this book really deep dives into what God's idea for a man looks yeah. like. And it does talk about for girls as well, but I will say more heavily on guys. I would recommend it for the guys for that. I mean, there are resources, the same resources that you have for anything else you can find online. For me, I would recommend obviously the Bible app, getting a paper Bible, reading that. John Eldridge's stuff is really good. Like um, community church being yeah. plugged into your uh, church or ministries as goes on on campus is very important mm. just if you really if you really want it you you will fight for it mm. um most people can understand how powerful human willpower can be like for me if i really want to eat some unhealthy food i will make sure i can get there and get it done right like if i want to do something wrong or right like it 
it'll get done because you know i have the lengths the willpower of which people to... will spend money yeah. on yogis on all these holistic healing methods the gospel is a free gift that was given and paid for by the blood of jesus he wanted right. to put an end to all the external aesthetic moral ways that we could get to god he, he had actually came to us he loved us because he first gave right that is I've heard this, but like, or actually the gospel is not for righteous people trying not to sin. It's for unrighteous people knowing that they're sinners. Just again, go back to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sick. Mm. Right. And so at the end of the day, it is a free gift. I apologize for those that are seeking me to, to list out 15 books. And honestly, there are great things out there that I've enjoyed for different things, but I really want to promote the Bible, God's word. And I want to promote the the idea of biblical fellowship in the ministries around you and the churches around you. I think yeah. those are the best resources yeah. you can find. Uh, for those that want to start their walk with God or want to find out what that looks like, that's where you start. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I think questions are great. Don't think it's bad to have a critical mind. It's good. Ask these hard questions. Yeah. Get people to have to sharpen their faith. Get people to have to actually come to you and find the answer yeah. for themselves. But also be willing to, if you have ears, let them hear. You have eyes, let them see, right? It's like, be willing to listen and and hear the truth yeah. as well. Don't just ask questions to be difficult because <laughs> that's something I like to do. Yeah. And <laughs> um, it it's not the point. This is this is bigger than than what you would think. This is this is so important. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, hey, look, you know, we appreciate Jacob for joining the show and uh, definitely make sure to drop all those resources into the show notes. And I'm going to provide a few as well, uh, particularly on the, uh, the Enneagram and some of those aspects. There's a book I actually interviewed one of my professors. You can check out his podcast. One of the first episodes we did, and he, he dropped a plug for that as well. So if you want to learn more about whether or not that is a resource that we should use or not in the faith, or even if you're just looking for good wisdom and good insight, uh, we'll make sure to put those resources, links to former podcast shows. Right. Um, appreciate it. We'll, we'll definitely hear from Jacob again in a follow maybe we'll touch on the uh, the identity or maybe the the spiritual formation maybe even just you know i've been wanting to unpack an episode on mental health and whether it's suicide all the behavioral issues that we're seeing in society and a number of other addictions and things that we can unpack but um all right jacob until next time man we appreciate you thank you man appreciate you having me awesome thank you for listening to another episode of solomon's knot an extension of forecampus.org and its related partners For more information about this ministry or ways to connect with us in the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina, please visit our website at 4, that is the number 4, campus.org slash contact. This will be the last episode of 2021, but we plan to continue next year with an exciting lineup of guests and materials for your engagement. So until next time, this is your host, Jason, signing off. Peace.